Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Issues 2019. I'm Steve McIntosh. Our guest is Wichita City Manager Robert Layton. Welcome to Issues 2019. Steve, thank you. Great to be here. You became uh, Wichita City Manager February 2nd, 2009. Am I correct? That is correct. I've been and doing a little research. <laughs> first time. So, yeah. <laughs> first time for anything. Yeah. You are celebrating 10 years in Wichita. Have you enjoyed your time here? I really have. It's a wonderful community, and it's a great organization to be a part of, and I've really enjoyed my time. I didn't expect you to say anything else, but there you go. Uh, what do you like best about Wichita? You've asked me that before, Steve, and I, I, the same answer is the people here. Uh, this is a unique community in terms of the type of people that we have, uh, folks who are um, just good, honest, hardworking uh, folks who want the best out of their government, and that's what I appreciate. You know, it's, we have some critics, and I think the criticism comes uh, at times out of uh, a, a, a want or desire on their part to, to to have good government and to make sure that they they get results for the dollars they pay. And um, I I love my opportunities to get out and talk to people in the community. Recently, spoke with uh, Mayor Longwell, and in the midst of a sub-zero day, he's talking about. What else? Swimming pools and splash pads. <laughs> yes. And he's saying that the city manager is supposed to be doing something. What's going on with the, with the summertime water fund there? Well, the city council has wrestled with uh, an aquatics plan that's appropriate for the community for at least two or three years. And I think now they have uh, finalized uh, their thoughts and have given us a green light on moving forward with a remodeling of six of our swimming pools and the creation of six new splash pads. And Steve, I really think this is important because it positions our aquatic system to be one that's future-oriented. It, it addresses what kids want today and allows us to have a dynamic, uh, a dynamic system, one that can change over time. These splash pads are more than just uh, you know some bubblers in the parks. They have themes. Uh, they, I think kids are really going to enjoy them a lot, like what they'll find in water parks. So I, I'm excited about it. Wait, there was some initial some controversy about getting them rid of like three or more of the pools. So, right, right. But the pools still have a place. Uh, they do. And that's uh, what the council decided uh, in working with the Park and uh, Rec Board, uh, decided that um, we wanted to have both opportunities. We wanted kids to be able to relate uh, to water in the way they wanted to. And so that means in some cases uh, a swimming pool, not quite like you and I remember when we were kids, but with uh, also some pretty interesting elements. But then splash pads that are uh, zero depth, uh, and, but allow kids to run through all kinds of unique features and sprinklers. And What's interesting when you look at the demographics of the change of this city, because uh, I grew up in, in Westlink out near Tyler and Central, mm -hmm. and baby boomers everywhere, lots yeah. of kids. We had two city pools within a mile of us. And when we go over here, two blocks and go to one, and then go six blocks north and go to another. Right. But that's not the case anymore. People are spread out a little differently. No, they are. Uh, but what we're finding is that kids don't just... 
uh, get on their bike and ride to the pool, uh, even where we have neighborhoods uh, with a number of children, they want to relate to water differently. And that's what was important for us to find a system that was relevant to children. A couple of big projects on the city's agenda. One, of course, the new stadium. Uh, how do you assess progress on that? Uh, we're right on schedule and right on budget. So uh, that's you couldn't ask for anything more. Now, we're still early on into the project, probably 10% in. But we have, a, a, as you can imagine, a pretty detailed construction schedule. And uh, we meet every week to go over that. And uh, I'm pretty pleased on where we're headed so far. So have you been ranting and ravings and pounding your shoe on the table and saying, now hurry up? I don't go. have to do that. I'm surrounded by a pretty professional team. Uh, the mayor does that, but that's kind of his style anyway. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Well, they're supposed to throw the, uh, out the first pitch a little over a year from now. Right. So any doubts about meeting that deadline? Uh, I don't have doubts. And uh, We could get into a monsoon season or something that really you know hurts construction, but um, you're gonna, people are going to see right now uh, we're going to be doing some grading work, putting some utilities in, but it won't be long before they're going to see concrete poured. And mm -hmm. uh, so within the next 30 days, there'll be concrete for the dugouts and uh, some tunnels and, as well as the uh, infield and outfield walls. But we were talking about this the other day. Is there a plan B? In other words, if something gets catastrophic happened, would you know whether this club would play at uh, X Stadium, or do you know anything about that? No, um, it's or a. They just if, go on the road. If, for if, a so if, if something, <laughs> right? If, now I think they uh, have started to lock in schedules for 2020 already. The Pacific Coast League. So the, uh, I don't know that it's really a good alternative to you know. Uh, I don't know they'd be able to switch and go on the road for you know the first 30 days or whatever. But there are some uh, provisions, uh, some um, uh, arrangements that the team has made just in case something should fall apart. But it would have to be a pretty significant uh, problem yeah. for us not to meet the schedule. Well, the media it refers, it to, it refers to it as a baseball stadium. I have, I guess, a little bit. But I like to, I like to call it just a stadium because it has more functions than just baseball games, right? It really does. It's, uh, this owner is a phenomenal person who has, I think, really – uh, warmed up to the community, and he wants this to be a community event facility. Uh, if you're looking at sports, uh, he wants to make arrangements with local high school teams to play there. And uh, as we were doing their initial design, made sure that we would have a good uh, football arrangement for spectators. And they've already we have some drawings that show how the football field would lay in. Uh, could be soccer, although probably not a lot of soccer would be played there. Uh, and we've got a lot of good alternatives, including the striker complex now for soccer. And then uh, just a lot of other community events uh, th that are seasonal. Concerts? Um, like he's that. really big on the idea of having concerts. Mm -hmm. Well, the Delano district right around there has been doing pretty well. Uh, will the new stadium trigger more business development, do you think, in that area? Yes. That, that's one of the reasons why uh, the mayor and council wanted to move forward with this, not just because of the uh, sexiness of baseball, AAA baseball, so to speak, but uh, more importantly, the associated development around it. And there are multiple developers that will be putting up projects probably within a year after the stadium is open. City's working toward a change in our fine arts and convention facilities. Uh, what's the next step in that process then? Well, this next week, the city council will receive a report from a citizens committee that uh, looked at the condition of C2 and specifically looked at the issue of performing arts, and they're going to come back with recommendations um, to, that the council will consider. And I, this is really just one step in a long process of analyzing what our future should be for performing arts. You down there recently for the Wichita women's fair and uh, talking with her that's a uh, that one building the big rectangular building is is a big building but uh, 
Is that going to stay there, you think, and, and do something else with Century 2, or do you have any idea on what's going to happen? You know, I don't want to uh, come up with a, a, a real strong answer to that because there, there's still a lot more opportunity yeah. for community input and for business review. The one thing, I, I spoke to the council about a year ago on this issue, and I came out for, uh, I came up with a recommendation that would expand Bob Brown Expo to make that a, a modern convention facility with 150,000 square feet of space. And I think we can do that and still um, have a separate decision about what to do with the round building and the uh, performing arts facility. And I think there has to be some more community discussion. But the Project Wichita uh, organizers, I, I think, are very intent on bringing this issue forward and, and having, because they did have significant community. They've uh, done a lot of work. Yeah, I know, because I've interviewed yep. them. Yep. 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 How important is this to our local quality of life? It's... In term, well, again, I like to talk about the projects as two projects, not just one. In terms of convention uh, and visitors. And I was going to say business yeah, as well. Right. Very important to us from a business perspective. And what we found is that conventions today don't want to be in a round building, and they also want modern amenities. And we can't really offer that with C2 the way it's arranged today. So we're losing business. It, at one point, um, we were concerned about whether or not we get our share of national conventions. Well, we only get a handful of national conventions, and we've done a, a pretty detailed market analysis. What's bothering us is that we're losing the regional and the state conventions to other locations around the state. And that is, those are significant dollars to our economy uh, in the multi-million dollar uh, range. And that's not money coming back to the city. That's money coming into our restaurants and hotels and other businesses that support tourists. So that's, um, th that's probably the first thing. That's why that's a top priority for the council. On the cultural arts side, it's uh, there's been some work that's been done that shows how many, what type of dollars are generated by those who come in for activities at C2 and at the arena, and we know that that's an important part of our economy as well. So we we need to be able to offer a modern uh, facility for uh, our, our visitors. The facilities get old. They really do. The, you know, the plumbing breaks down, uh, and, and there's asbestos and stuff like that. Yeah. it's. Uh, I, I think the motto of the C2 committee is that doing nothing is not an option yeah, any yeah, longer. That's so, what they say. Yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah, so we have to do something. It just Is it a substantial remodel of the round building and modernizing it, or is it uh, starting from scratch and doing something really new? Let's change gears a little bit. Tell us about the need for a new water treatment plant. Well, I thought my water was okay, but I guess you did. <laughs> yeah, we worked pretty hard on that, but we have a plant that's um, you know approaching it's between 75 80 years old and it uh, doesn't have any redundancy. And so one significant failure of that plant could bring down our regional water system. We have to do something different and uh, we've been working on this for a, a significant uh, number of years. Uh, if you remember, uh, we went through the drought period. Um, it was a two, two-and-a-half-year drought, and that really woke us up to uh, how dependent we are on our water supplies. And we wanted to bolster what we're doing in terms of multiple water sources, but also improve water treatment. And this isn't a project for you and me. This is a project for our children and grandchildren. And that's, um, you know, that's sometimes it's hard when you have a, a legacy project because it is expensive. It's a, it's a $500 million project. But when it's, when it's done, we'll have a modernized treatment plant with built-in redundancies so we can't go down um, because of one failure. 
And on top of it, we'll be able to reduce our operating expenses because we'll have uh, modern treatment processes. And what about the delivery system? What about the pipes? What about the infrastructure? Well, we did a, an exhaustive review of our system, and it turns out what we have underground is pretty good. We've done the, the mayor and city council have done a great job of uh, allocating the resources necessary to keep the distribution system running. Um, Unlike some other cities, uh, I remember at one time I read the city of New York lost 50% of its water underground every day. And, of course, we're, no, we're nowhere near that. Uh, and we continue to put money into that system to make sure that it stays uh, adequate. And as we get into areas of growth, we're starting to extend sewers out to those areas, or water, excuse me, to those areas as well. Is, is water supply... A consideration when companies look for new locations? Do they look at that? Well, you remember, we're a manufacturing community, and so the answer to that is yes. Water is extremely important. And um, it's not just water, but it's a reliable water source. That's what they're going to look for. Uh, if you have peak problems and, and suddenly in the summer you have a hard time getting the kind of water you need, uh, that, that can be problematic. And we've also been creative, Steve, in, in talking about the use of our effluent uh, and our, uh, you know, our sewage effluent and having that uh, treated to a degree that we can use it in manufacturing as well. And we have over a million gallons a day that are used by spirit that way. Now, do we still have the, um, I can't remember what the name of it is, that process where we're recycling water from the Arkansas River, uh, what do they call it? We call it the aquifer storage yeah, yeah. Uh, project. Are we still doing that? We are, we're doing that. And the aquifer now is, um, it's not full, but it is uh, near capacity. And that water is an underground uh, uh, storage tank, so to speak, for us. And so we pull water every year. We pull water out from the aquifer as well as from the river. Don't you think that's a brilliant idea? Yeah, it was. It's, it's smart technology. It's complicated, complicated, yeah. And, yeah. and we have to always look at the chemistry of the water and uh, how the well system is functioning. You're listening to Issues 2019 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is Wichita City Manager Robert Layton. Big challenge facing business and industry locally, attracting and keeping qualified workers. Is that also a problem for city government? You're getting enough people down there? You know, Steve, that hasn't been a big issue for us. When we um, uh, advertise uh, vacancies or vacant positions, we've been able to get a pretty strong candidate pool. I like to think that we're an employer of choice. We, um, we treat our employees well. We've worked really hard to empower them to be able to make decisions at the work, uh, that they, in the work they do. And, um, you know, we have a, a good pay and benefit system. So. Overall, I th it hasn't been an issue for us, but those uh, I know that other industries around the city that are looking for specialized skills, uh, they struggle a little bit in terms of getting... Is the, that true, the though, within this, the fire department and the police department, too? Well, you know, the, good question. In fire department, uh, that's not an issue that I'm aware of, but it is in pol it has been in police. But as you know, and uh, you've talked a lot to uh, Chief Ramsey, we have a pretty creative person there and an engaged staff that has worked on um, maybe non-traditional ways of getting recruits. And we're getting close to, to filling all of our vacancies, plus the city council approved over 30 new positions in police, and those will be um, full soon. Uh, so I think the days of us being you know, 60 people down, so to speak, because of recruitment problems, I, I'm hoping those are behind us. Talk a little bit about uh, development in the Old Town area. Are we, are we, have we peaked out on that, or is there still new stuff going on down there? Well, there aren't a lot of opportunities in Old Town. There are still some lots and some redevelopment opportunities, but 
uh, as you know, the biggest project uh, was our the Cargill project, uh, which was open last year. A beautiful and, building. Oh, just, it's it's phenomenal, and it's it was so wonderful that they uh, made the decision to stay here. I've told a lot of people. I think that was the turning point in terms of our economic conditions. Uh, both from a, a statistical standpoint, but maybe even more importantly from a psychological standpoint. Um, Union Station is another good example. That's right there on the edge of Old Town. And uh, what that developer has done is, I think, pretty phenomenal in terms of uh, re- renovating that building. Uh, like I said, there's probably a couple other buildings, uh, large buildings that could be redeveloped. Uh, but, you know, Old Town's a great success story. And uh, we, we still get people asking about it from other cities. Are people moving into those downtown apartments? Yes. Um, when I talk to the apartment owners, most of them are experiencing great success in terms of filling their spaces. Um, River Vista is one of the newest projects, and I know that they're on pace uh, with their projections. Uh, I'm not sure of the percentage of vacancy, but uh, they're doing pretty well. And most of the other buildings are getting close to 100% occupancy. Talking uh, with the police chief uh, and police officers informally, uh, facing an increase in gun violence past few months. Is there anything we can do to address that? Uh, as a city government? There's probably, that's a show to itself, right? I mean, uh, probably the, the so, yeah. chief and, and his staff have done a phenomenal job of, um, of creating a special unit to deal with uh, gun violence and gang violence. And um, I'm really excited about a pilot project we're doing with a professor uh, from California. It's uh, testing a new shot spotter uh, technology, so we'll be able to pinpoint immediately when a gun is fired where that occurred in certain areas of the community, and that will give us uh, information on not just where it's fired, but the direction that that vehicle or that person is going. That should help us a lot. Um, it's um, it is an issue, and it's going to take some time for us, as, probably as a community, not just as a police department, to to address the rising number of uh, shootings. Where are you with the city in the annual budget cycle? Are we? Midway, just starting, uh, finalized in August. Yeah, great like that. question. It you know it's a six month process for us. So the de- our departments have been working on their budget request for the last um, almost two months. I will start to review those in, in the next uh, three weeks, and then uh, in uh, and I'll do that all through March and early April, and then um, in May we'll start some citizen engagement work uh, where we start to test some of the budget themes on the public and get their reaction. And that's been really um, helpful to us in the last few years. We've done social media town halls and had the thousands of residents participate and really help shape the budget. How many departments do you actually have? We have 16. 16, mm-hmm. and so 16 department heads. Right. And you have a meeting in a big... Uh, in a, in a giant office of yours in a big uh, council chamber or something. And do you have treats and stuff? I'm, I'm just being nosy. <laughs> uh, did you have anybody fall asleep in those? Because I always fall asleep in those you, kind of meetings. I, I would believe that you would. Uh, you would not fall asleep in one of my meetings, however. Um, uh, it's funny. We have those uh, on Wednesdays after the city council meetings. Uh, and so it gives us a chance to talk about what the council direction was and uh, projects we need to follow up on. And then we talk about other issues that are facing the organization. It's a great time to check in with our uh, staff. That many people, though, you got to keep that meeting going. I know you yeah, got, really you got a couple of people to try to get wordy, and then you just clamp them down and say, no, no, come on, let's go, right? Yeah, they probably would say, I get wordy, but... Um, <laughs> It's um, no, I mean, we've got a, a, a really powerful staff and um, we're just doing such good work. And I mean, we, we may not do enough to let our, our customers, our residents know how how good our staff really is. And we've got people that 
um, I think are national experts and are creating best practices. And it's nice that we get more and more cities that are asking, how's Wichita doing uh, you know, in police? How are they doing in public works and in other areas? How about uh, the public is always concerned with spending. Are you looking at increases in spending? Well, I think that goes... Um, and if so, how do you with, handle Yeah, those? that goes with the territory, but probably the council direction is try to keep the expenditures within the cost of living, right? So if we don't see a significant increase in the consumer price index or you know, we don't get a lot of inflationary um, pressures, then the council is going to uh, you know, mandate that we stay within our existing tax base. And any growth that we have in the base, we can use to finance the, our services. But I know if in, our, in the private business in this world, oh, the, you know, we've got this great insurance plan. Oh, by the way, uh, it's going to cost more this year. The right. premiums are going up. And uh, that's a cost that keeps going up, your insurance. Uh, there's all, so many aspects of what you do. Yeah, that's another area where I'm really proud of what our staff has done. We have a committee that, cons is, uh, that consists of uh, employees from all departments, and we work through um, options on our health insurance every year and also uh, in terms of loss control. And we've been able to keep our increases to single digits and in many cases in just at 3 to 4% range in health insurance, which is much better than the market. And that's by really managing our plan better. And I, I, like I said, I'm really proud of the effort of our staff in that regard. But you're right. There are just fixed costs um, that we can't get out of. What a lot of people don't understand about our budget is about 70% of it is tied into personnel costs. And then if you look at what we what our residents consider our basic services, which is public safety and public works, that's almost 75% of the budget. So to, to make an impact when we have pressures on the revenue side, to be able to, to make that ba budget balance, we're looking at core services and at employee cost. And so, you know, nothing's easy in that regard. And if you remember last year, we talked also about quality of life services. And City Council um, made it clear that they want to continue to maintain uh, those services that are uh, important to uh, I think people's decisions about locating here and staying here, and um, so it, that presented an uh, interesting dilemma for us in, as well. How do you balance the budget, protect uh, our public services, but also then not erode the quality of life uh, amenities? Are you looking at increasing taxes? Um, the rate? Yeah, that's usually a non-starter. Yeah, uh, usually was, never, right. almost. So but 25 we, years, Steve, we've had the same, basically the same tax rate. But you've had, uh, with the expansion of housing and people moving into the property tax, whole load will go up Right. Well, if you get more people. That's, in, right? that's exactly right. And so what will help business is to get more people, right, bring people in from the outside, to improve the numbers in our workforce. And at the same time, that helps us grow our tax base. Okay. What do you like most about, uh, about your job? Well, I, you Other know, than it's, yeah. these interviews we get to do. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, you it's know, got to be right. A couple up. times a year, that is the highlight, <laughs> no doubt about that. But I, um, I think, you know, it's managing a complex organization and getting results and uh, being a, a tight business. And we always have room for improvement. But continuous improvement is important to us. We do, we've learned from the manufacturers here the importance of lean, and so we've introduced lean concepts um, as I said, you know, I think we're doing innovative work and we're looking for ways of delivering our services uh, in a maybe a less costly way. Um, I'm really proud of what's happened in the last 10 years. You know, we weathered through the recession 
uh, had the mayor and council had a lot of tough decisions they had to make. And um, I think we've positioned ourselves well now for the current economy. And I'm, you know, I, I get more compliments from residents um, about the quality of our services than I did, you know, even, you know, when I first got here 10 years ago. Do you think we're ago. out of that recession or finally near out of that? Well, or? yes, we're in a new reality, though. I think we're out of the recession, but uh, we're not going to see the kind of growth that we did, um, you know, prior to um, about 2007, 2000, you know, sometime in that period. Well, it was a tough, tough time going through that recession because it really hit us hard here. It really, you're did. right. There was a lot of scrambling and and, uh, and some creative dealings going on. Yeah. But it, it made us a better organization. I'll tell you that we we got to really reorganize uh, who we are and what and how we provide services. Listen, uh, as always, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. We can do cheese a lot, but uh, you're doing a heck of a job down there. With a, a great, it looks like a great crew to me. We're positioning ourselves to, to be a, an exciting place the next few years, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Our guest is Wichita City Manager Robert Layton. And, uh, of course, that's all for this edition of Issues 2019. Again, thanks for being with us, Bob. I always appreciate the time you spend with us here on the Issues Show. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.